All right. Hello. Welcome to episode 112 of Boink Radio. I can hear an echo. Where? Who's got speakers on? Not me. Shouldn't be me. Oh, well, when I sort this out, uh, Delta, do the intro. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Great. Um, so, yeah. Welcome to the Boink Radio. Uh, this one's titled Pirates and Primates for a very good reason. Um, <laughs> it's probably just going to be a project brief for this episode. Um, I don't know if we have any uh, interesting news. Uh, and yet again, I have another interesting drink. They've released more milk, Jeringa. More milk? Like? More milk. Ah, man, I can't figure out why. <laughs> I'm just going to go with it. And it, it, what flavor is it? Well, you'll tell us, I don't know. Do what you do. I'm curious. About okay, that. okay. So um, I don't know how much you know about airplane jelly, right? You say airplane billy? Air, airplane jelly, like an airplane uh-huh. jelly, like jello, like you eat jello. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> it's okay. It's an iconic Australian brand of, of jelly, pretty much. Um, okay. Used to have it as a kid all the time. My mom would like open up the airplane jelly sachet um, pour it in with the with the hot water and then chuck it in the fridge and it'll become jelly. So I don't know what the hell they're thinking, um, but we have airplane jelly, mango flavored milk. That sounds all right. I, I still am confused about the jelly part, but uh, mango milk sounds delicious. <laughs> yeah, I think I've had, um, I think it was Taiwanese mango milk uh, one time. Uh, on the on the radio, uh, so this one might be about the same. I had a whiff of it earlier, and it just basically just smells like mango. Like it, it doesn't smell like anything else. Um, now I was a bit suspicious of this because I noticed that the expiry date, like with milk, you kind of expect milk to expire, like I don't know, maybe like a week from when you buy it, right? like a regular yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. milk that you get. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. This one this one expires next year. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Not milk. So yeah, and it was in the refrigerated aisle. So it's kind of like, am I actually drinking milk here? <laughs> um but uh yeah I suspect it's probably like some of that um long life like it's probably just refrigerated like long life milk, but we're about to find out. Uh some interesting facts about this. It is gluten free. It contains no artificial colors, even though the, I don't know if you can see here, the milk is like gross, like pale orange. Yeah. yeah. It looks like kind a banana of, milkshake or something. Yeah. looks a bit strange. Um, there is a crap load of sugar in this. Um, natural colors. Most fire. Yeah, nothing, nothing really too special. Just some artificial flavoring, I think. Um, just water, sugar. Wait. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was kind of surprised that it didn't actually say milk explicitly here, but uh, then I just read it. It, it says, yeah, it, it's there. <laughs> so I was like, oh, God. <laughs> Chemicals. Um, okay, so this isn't made by oak. This is, I'm pretty sure, made by actual like the actual airplane jelly um company it's made by 
Bickford's Australia Proprietary Limited. Now, I don't know if that is the actual aeroplane jelly company. Someone might want to look that up. Uh, but it's described, <laughs> if you want to hear the de- description, it's Australia's favorite jelly since 1927. Is now expanded into jelly-licious milk flavors. It may not wobble, but you'll still be able to recognize your favorite flavors when you drink the refreshing airplane milk. Uh, okay, let's figure out how this how this tastes. It's, it's actually not that bad. Um, I I do kind of have to describe it kind of like banana milk. So uh, with banana milk, you get that kind of like really nice kind of banana taste. This one's actually got quite a nice smooth like mango taste. It's actually quite nice. I was hoping for them to be kind of like horrible and like chemically, but no, it actually tastes pretty good. Uh, this one gets a, a pretty good rating for me. Um, I'd probably rank it. <clears throat> uh, I'd probably rank it better than oak banana milk. I don't really like oak banana milk. Um, yeah, that's that. Anyone have any questions over the airplane jelly milk? So many questions that I will not ask. Let's move on to some point games. Yeah. There really wasn't too much. The biggest thing I could find is that Quake Catcher is gone. Goodbye. See you later. Aww. Yeah. Damn. This is from May 15th, and I can't even go to the forum. I imagine the website is just completely down. Uh, Quake Catcher was one of the few um, sensor projects that takes people's sensor data about... Um, Seismic data aggregates it and lets us know where earthquakes are. And it's a really, really, really cool idea that more thought and uh, resource should be put into because sensor projects are really neat. We all have these really uh, robust sensors in our pockets walking around all day, detecting all sorts of stuff. And if we could all contribute to a network so that researchers could use that data that we collect just by walking around with a phone in our pocket, that would be really, really neat. At least I think so. Uh, yeah, interesting fact about the uh, sensors in your phone. Uh, some phones actually have what are called magnetometers. At least I think that's the proper term, uh, which can actually detect changes in ma- uh, magnetic fields, uh, which is actually quite cool. So I know that there's a um, there's an app called like Firefox or something like uh, not not Firefox like the web browser. It's like P H Y then Fox. And uh, if you put up your phone with the magnetometer on to um, to like a power supply or like a cable that's actually drawing power, you'll actually see like the sine wave that it produces, which is pretty cool. Yeah, that's um, so yeah, just an interesting fact. <clears throat> Neat. Yeah, and there's a lot of uh, you can build like specific hardware sensors for a lot of these projects too. So it doesn't even need to be a phone. There's um, I forget is it radioactive. At home, that does their their custom Geiger counters. Oh, um, I think it is radioactive at home. Yeah, and like you could build climate prediction sort of uh, sensors if you wanted to put your your energy into that. Be really neat. Boink is a pretty cool infrastructure. So it's sad to see QuakeNet, QuakeCatcherNet go. Do you have any idea how long it's been around? 
I'm pretty sure it's on um, Boink Synergy. Mm-hmm. I'll probably take a quick look. But I know it's been around like for ages. I remember like when I first came into Boink, that was one of the projects. Yeah. Do you know what Loda is? Moving on to another, another item of news here. I'm pretty sure that Loda is doing uh, Latin squares. Oh, wait, no, hold on. Sorry. No, 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 no. Uh, that's a different one. Um, Loda is doing the, uh, I think it's integer sequences. Uh, let me double check real quick. Loda. You can use it to generate search programs that compute integer sequences from the online yeah. encyclopedia of integer sequences. The goal of the project yeah. is to find new formulas and more efficient algorithms for a wide range of non-trivial integer sequences. If you want a quick Very summary, cool. basically... Well, just trying to use a computer to find a new algorithm to generate um, numbers, uh, sequences of numbers that we already know, um, and trying to make them more efficient as well. Yeah, and it looks like they just passed 120,000 programs found, which is pretty cool. Yeah, that's like that's like quite significant. <laughs> yeah, this is a um, fairly uh, new program, new point project, sorry. Uh, so I think it's just started to accelerate pretty intensely. Uh, by the way, Quake Catcher started in 2007. Oh my God. That's one of the yeah. oldest point projects. <laughs> wow. We should try and get the SCI to bring that back. Making a little note here. Let's start Quake. Uh, Okay, yeah, so they Loda, Loda hit 120,000 um, programs found. Pretty neat. 47,000 volumes of integer sequences found so far. I don't know what any of that means, but it's a good number. 47 is always a good number. I prefer 42. <laughs> eh, it's all right. Silver comes in second place. Um, yeah, those are the only two news things that are exciting that I could find. Do you have anything? Uh, no, not particularly. Um, yeah, I'm just here to talk about pirates and primates, that's all. Okay, all right. Well, I think we're both exhausted, so <laughs> you, you do it. <laughs> yep, don't worry, I'll carry us. Okay. So, yeah, um, starting another project brief. We're going to talk about two projects, which are kind of technically the same project. Um, and we're going to be talking about pirates and primates. Uh, so you probably, um, actually, before we continue, uh, what is your favorite animal, Jeringa? What's your, hold on. What's your favorite zoo animal? Like, how could anyone answer that on the fly? <laughs> Just What's one. yours? Uh, just, uh, the red belly back, the black snake, of course. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't really have one. I, don't have, I haven't been to the zoo in a very long time. I can't answer that one. Fair enough. Okay, we'll just put you with the rhinoceros. Okay, rhino. That's a sound. <laughs> I do like, like a rhino. All right. Um, yeah, so... Um, yeah, we're going to be talking about primates at home and also pirates at home. Uh, these are kind of two, I wouldn't say, oh, primates at home is a joke project. Pirates at home is an actual test project. 
So you probably know of some other test projects like uh, Goofy X Grid, uh, which is a project that basically sees if monkeys at typewriters can actually create the works of Shakespeare. Um, spoiler alert, it's so unlikely that you're never, ever probably going to see it in your lifetime. <laughs> but essentially what they were trying to do is just run a random algorithm to just generate just loads of garbage text to try and generate the works of Shakespeare. Um, so, yeah, there's other joke projects too. Um, well, not joke, not really joke projects, but like sort of fun projects, things that are just like fun to do um, and gets people engaged. Um, you may also know some testing projects as well. I'm pretty sure that Einstein at home has a beta program. Like they have actual like beta, a, a beta separate beta project for people to come on and test the new software. And LHC at home has its own test uh, applications as well. Now tests, uh, testing projects are very important because it isolates the, uh, production project, the ones that people actually use from, things that people are trying to develop and the developers and the project admins are actually trying to improve. Um, it's kind of typical in, in software practices as well. You usually have what's called a development environment and then you have the production environment. Uh, so being able to test these new work units that are coming in that might use, I don't know, a different algorithm or an updated uh, graphics library. You're going to want to test that before you actually send it into production because if you have issues in production, it's just a whole mess of trying to fix it. And because all these projects depend on, like, the data is the most valuable thing in pretty much all of these projects, um, the data, having the data being processed smoothly and not having any errors in it is quite important because uh, sifting back through it and cleaning it up is a pretty, pretty onerous task. So we want to get it right the first time. And that's why we have these testing projects. Now, pirates at home and primates at home are kind of intertwined, mainly because they are both run on the same like web server. Um, but they're two separate projects. Uh, let's, uh, let's start off with, um, pirates at home. So I would kind of say that both of these projects are little Easter eggs, uh, uh, little boink Easter eggs, uh, which is pretty cool. Uh, and Pirates at Home actually still has its web page up if you want to go to it. Um, it's uh, pirates.spy-hill.net. Uh, it has uh, <laughs> an interesting little uh, home page saying that it's uh, it's dead. It's a dead project, but it has a little uh, song on it as well, which is kind of cool. Uh now it claims to uh, Pirates at Home uh, claims to have died in about 2009, uh, according to their webpage. Uh, but if you go to the web archive, you'll find that it's actually quite regularly updated ever since then, which is kind of strange. Uh, and I think it's just because they like to um, put up the like "Speak Like a Pirate Day" every year sort of thing on that webpage. Um, but yeah, mainly Pirates at Home was originally used to test uh, Boink projects. So what exactly is there to test in a Boink project? Well, if you've ever run a Boink server, which uh, I'm sure probably not a lot of people listening to this have, there are a lot of moving parts. Uh, you got stuff like work generators. You got the scheduler. 
you got um, assimilators, validators, uh, you have the forum, you have the web page, you have stats, you have all these crazy things that are going on inside the Boink server. So how do we actually test all of that? Uh, and so that's basically where Pirates at Home came from. Uh, the developers who were developing the Boink server needed a way to test out the software, and this was the way they did it. Now, uh, Pirates at Home was mainly used to test the Boink forum, um, and the Boink forum is a beast in itself. Having to manage all of those uh, forum categories and then threads and then messages in those in each of those uh, forums was a, it was a, a massive engineering task. Um, so uh, after flicking through the, the different changes that happened over the time that this that Pirates Home was up, uh, you could definitely see a decent change in the forum itself visually. Um, so it went from looking like like your typical 2005 website to probably moving to something a bit more modern, like a 2010-ish website, uh, I would say. So <laughs> um, even though uh, even though it looked pretty crap, uh, it started getting a little bit better, uh, and then to this day, we're still stuck with uh, the the styling that was done back in kind of like 2009. <laughs> um, what else we got? Yeah, so they weren't just testing the looks of the forum. They were also testing functionality. Uh, so like, for example, one thing that you definitely don't want on the forum is someone to be able to inject like some code and be able to like execute it on your web browser. So what they were also doing is they were trying to do like a bit of penetration testing, like trying to see, oh, can this escaped character get through to whatever? Is this uh, Unicode or something saved properly to the database? Things like that. Um, so they made sure that as a result of Pirates at Home, we made sure that we got some really robust software, stuff that isn't going to be broken and doesn't have as many vulnerabilities as you would with not having this project to test. Another interesting thing that they were testing in Pirates at Home are screensavers, uh, or rather, point uh, graphics. So um, I know that a lot of us love projects that have graphics. Einstein at Home have their own graphics. Rosetta at Home have their own graphics. Um, Jay Ringo, can you guess what the Pirates at Home screensaver was uh skull and crossbones um chewing gum nah nah, nah. no nowhere near Jeringo. it was a roast chicken <laughs> and i'm i'm not joking <laughs> uh, i'm actually going to paste a youtube link uh into the chat i'll also add it to the podcast as well i'll try and bring uh, it up on the screen right here uh, Spunk radio yep here you go <clears throat> Uh, so it's just a playlist full of uh, a whole bunch of screensavers. One of them in there is a uh, uh, a roast chicken. <laughs> these videos are 15 years old, by the way. So the these videos are insanely old. 
uh, yeah. So there's one in there with the roast chicken. They're also yeah, testing of, some other things in there too. One of them's got ten thousand views. Really? Shit. Yeah. That's cool. Um, yeah. So they they were testing uh, uh, screensavers on pirates at home. Mainly, I think, to just see what they could do with the graphics engine that they had for it. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know if it really went went anywhere. Um, and I tried to see if I can find like the source code for all of these, but I couldn't. So it's unfortunate to kind of think that this is probably lost into the ether now. So I'm trying to get the roast chicken up, are you? Yeah, I don't even find a browser source. I don't know how to use OBS when I'm this tired. I just got back <laughs> from uh, Netherlands yesterday. Oh man! Yeah. But this is this is not. This is we, there should be a Pirates at Home uh, project that's not just testing this like an app. Yeah. Um... Yeah, so Pirates at Home, yeah, it's although the web page is still up, the, the Boink project's down. Um, and yeah, most most projects have their own testing project now. All right, we can see your browser. All right, awesome. Oh man, look at that, look at that window. That is so old. Yeah. That's <laughs> that's one of their screensavers, just a roast chicken. <laughs> oh what the heck? <laughs> it's so intense too. Oh, that's crazy. So I guess on that one they were trying to test to see if like you could put an image in there. Um yeah, it would have been nice if they could release like the source code and stuff for that so that projects can have a easier time making graphics. Uh but anyway, moving on. Uh, pretty much that sums up Pirates at Home. Uh, so now let's talk about Primates at Home. Now, Primates at Home's uh, project website is actually still up. So you can actually go and browse the actual Boink site, except you can't um, actually like sign up or uh, see any like application stats or anything because they basically just disconnected the database um, for kind of obvious reasons. It's an old project and it's uh, just a fun project. Um, so you can still go in there and see different things. Uh, there's no state. So like, there's no status. There's no work units. Um, there's not a lot you can do other than just kind of go on and read. Uh, the description is testing, testing the reaction of primates to a disturbance in their accustomed environment. Um, it's at uh, primates.spy-hill.net if you want to go and check it out. It was, a rough, it was uh, up around the same time as Pirates at Home, around 2008-ish. Um, yeah, and there's not really that much history on it other than the fact that it actually came from Pirates at Home. Uh, one interesting thing that I did, uh, did find is that uh, in the frequently asked questions section, when it asks, oh, how can I get help with setting up Boink or something else in Boink? It referred you to a Skype chat. God, that's so old. But like so, a uh, Skype forum or like a recorded conversation on Skype? 
No, no, no. I think it's a like a Skype forum where you could go in and like chat with uh, with people or like have a call with someone who's like better at Boink than you are. <laughs> Very interesting. <laughs> yeah. So primates are home is now a relic of history. So, uh, yeah. That pretty much concludes uh, everything in the project brief. Uh, anyone have any questions about pirates and primates? Are there pirate primates? I don't know. I think the pirates turned into. Yeah, I think the pirates turned into the primates because primates are home did come from pirates are home. Uh, so, yeah. All right. Well, that's the only question I've got. I do feel like we should give a shout out to this thing posted in the uh, Discord channel, the general channel. Um, a universe like citizen science project called the Great Reef Census. Folks should go check it out uh, if they're interested in, first of all, a really cool video on the homepage that combines an eyeball with a reef. Um, but secondly, if they're interested in uh, sort of tracking the Great Barrier Reef. The census is a citizen science project uh, to survey the Great Barrier Reef, and anyone can participate. They've surveyed 510 reefs so far, uh, collected almost 80,000 images, and that's only 15% of the Great Barrier Reef that's been. Yeah. Uh, for those of you that don't know, the Great Barrier Reef um, is uh, located um, close to far north uh, Queensland here in Australia. And uh, that project that you just mentioned, Jeringo, was uh, actually featured on TV. Um, so, yeah, it's a big citizen science project, um, kind of like Zooniverse. Um, we've talked about Zooniverse quite a bit on here. Uh, basically, I think you just go on and, like, identify different types of coral and things like that. And this is important because it's a survey of the Great Barrier Reef so that we can understand how it changes over time. Because the Great Barrier Reef has gone through multiple, multiple phases of coral bleaching due to different climate events and stuff like that, um, and the warmer waters uh, that are now pretty much, on average, the sea, the sea temperature around the world is just warmer. So um, the impact of coral bleaching is a lot more uh, exacerbated. Uh, and, yeah, this project's important for surveying that and uh, understanding how it's recovering too and if it's improving. All right, that said, I think we're both going to go to bed. Oh, I've I've got work to do, so okay. <laughs> yeah. Good luck. Sorry. I'm staying up. Everyone else will be back in several weeks uh, to do another episode. I think we should do these monthly going forward. What do you think? I'm open to it. Maybe we just go back to the old episodes we started like years ago and just redo them. We're trying to do them <laughs> word for word again. <laughs> nah, nah. <laughs> Yeah, but we'll, well, I think we just do them when we have the time to do them. No, we'll figure it we out. should probably keep it regular, yeah. Monthly is, is fair enough. Okay, all right. We'll figure it out on Discord. If anyone has any ideas on how they want to see it exist moving forward, jump on Discord and let us know. Otherwise, see ya. See you all later. <laughs>